Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they built and launched their businesses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Are you ready to take it to the top? All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 62 of Taking You to the Top. My guest today is Adam Shapiro. He's the founder and CEO of Optin Media. His company helps marketers connect directly with their readers in ways they never could before. Optin delivers future targeted content to readers who request it, making the marketer the most valuable news source for them every day. Adam, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Rami. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So, uh, Adam, if you wouldn't mind taking us back to the beginning and telling us where you're from and a little bit about your upbringing and whether you were entrepreneurial as a child. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my pleasure. I, uh, so I grew up in, on Long Island. Um, I hope I dropped the accent sufficiently. But I grew up in Huntington, Long Island, go Blue Devils, and, uh, and uh, then went to Syracuse. Uh, as a broadcast journalism major and really went to school wanting to be the next Bob Costas um, and be able to be the broadcaster. Um, Quickly learned uh, after a couple of stints outside of college um, in radio and television that um, I was better served behind the scenes. Uh, Maybe I had a voice for radio, but a face made for newspaper or producing. Um, And I became a uh, television producer, which then brought me around the country a little bit, worked in upstate New York, worked in Las Vegas, which is a terrific place to be 25 years old. Uh, Later uh, produced the NBC, uh, the six o'clock news at the NBC station in Phoenix, um, was in management at WSBN in Miami, and then came back home to New York, where um, started working with uh, Cablevision and became the first news director for their interactive unit at News 12 kind of gave me the digital bug. Um, I was never a techie growing up. In fact, there were many years that my VCR was flashing 12, um, but, uh, but started to really understand the digital landscape and later became uh, the managing editor of WCBS's website and the executive editor of WNBC's website. And then uh, at that point, got a little bit of an entrepreneurial bug and, um, and started working with various startups. First one was with an image recognition technology, um, later with a couple of other um, scan something with your phone, get something back of value, um, and uh, in fact, uh, consulted for Microsoft on one of their projects. Um, but that all kind of gave me the entrepreneurial bug of how do I, uh, how do I create value for users, but also um, in delivering messaging for uh, my client, whether that be a publisher or whether that be a uh, a business that I'm doing um, that I'm doing business with, um, and that's really where um, the first company that I founded, um, Alert Me, was built, which then grew into what we're doing now with Optin Media. So it's a little bit of a long, complicated story, but um, but as you can see, there were kind of two chapters to my life before this: one on the media side, and one on the technology startup side with audience engagement. Okay. And um, if I'm a new client, how would you describe what opt-in media does? 
Sure. Well, Optin Media uses artificial intelligence and content to help marketers get repeat engagement um, at a time where that's really hard to do. We're all overwhelmed by all the digital signals begging for us to click on them every day. Um, you know, people have their heads buried in their phones. So how does a marketer not only get messaging out there, but how do they get it noticed? And then how do they get somebody to be loyal to them, to come back for more? Um, that, that's a challenge for every person out there, every marketer out there, whether it be a publisher or a brand or a retailer. It's how do you, how do you really communicate that you're different than the store next door or the other TV station in town? Um, you do that by delivering intense levels of value, of really making sure you're delivering what somebody wants instead of what you want them to want. And that's really the crux of what opt-in media is um, and, uh, and where we're moving forward with. Okay, so as a marketer, are you getting sort of suggestions through your platform so to know we, what uh, to post next? Well, so here's how we do it. And it's, it's probably best to kind of take it from the beginning. Um, with When Alert Me launched, Alert Me was a tool for publishers where publishers could put a button on their page. And if you're reading a story, Rami, about the, um, you know, uh, the rise in COVID cases in your particular town, mm -hmm. um, you, you'd be reading that story. And obviously, look, that matters to you. Like there are few things that that few things that local news could possibly do better than delivering a story like that. The challenge they have, again, in this kind of attention economy that we're fighting through, is if you're reading that first story, how can they get you to come back to find the follow-up story and the story after that, the ones that you're able to read all the trends? Because nobody goes to the same website every day and keeps hitting refresh saying, "Boy, I hope there's an update. <laughs> so what we did was we put a button on their page. And when we worked with a partner, the button would be there and somebody could put in their email address or their cell phone number. And then every time there was an update on that story and just that story, we'd be able to find it through natural language processing and machine learning and sentiment analysis, um, all those AI tools to make it so that that school about Rami's school district was then in your inbox. Um, it wasn't all schools. It wasn't everything COVID. It was your specific story. And what we found was uh, overwhelming that people would opt in in great volume for that, which makes sense. It's scratching a specific itch that you have. Uh, but then even more so beyond that is that when we sent an alert, there was a 44% chance that that alert was opened. And, you know, look, I was in publishing. I know that, you know, at best, Publishers are used to, you know, maybe an 18% open rate. But even then, the publishers usually see their email get opened, but nobody clicks a link. They kind of browse it. What we found was that 30% of the alerts that we sent actually drove site traffic that got a click of the link. So, it, you know, it's the definition of user engagement. And not because anybody was selling anything, but it was because you were providing the information that was most valuable to that particular user. The challenge we had was that not every publisher values a, an email address, a, a, a digital, you know, I always think of it as digitally raising their hand. Not every publisher sees that as intensely valuable. Most of them are looking for ways to drive traffic, which I understand. It's a very difficult business right now. 
So, uh, so we took the step back and said, well, what if with opt-in media, what if we changed the, uh, a little bit of the particulars of it and instead focused on the $63 billion worth of branded content that was put out in the year 2020, where marketers are writing content to become seen, to be seen as industry experts, to be uh, to have a different way to reach people that isn't just boy I sure hope they click on my banner ad, um, right. but instead a way to really drive deliver value to that user. And what we do is we say to the publisher, or rather to that marketer, um, let us help you kind of extend that value. Where and I'm I'm totally making up this example, but let's say a Home Depot writes a story about how to remodel your kitchen and buys a number of different websites, puts it on their own, but also uh, buys placement on a number of publishers. Actually, this part is true. They've done that. Um, I saw it on Savor.com, a high-end cooking magazine, makes perfect sense. But then within it, there are a number of different links to connect with Home Depot. What I would suggest to them in this example is put a line on the bottom, just a hyperlink that says, hey, we at Home Depot see stories about kitchen remodels all the time. Let us, uh, would you like us to send them to you? Because then you're again, delivering extended value to that customer. My technology is able to do that. We're able to find through AI, the most on target topical stories for kitchen remodeling. We can find it on thisoldhouse.com or house or uh, better homes and gardens, or maybe there's an article on the Utica Observer Dispatch or whatever the case might be. We can find it, we'll discover it and then put it together in a newsletter form and be able to send it to that user. Now, 90% of that is done through AI, but there's an additional 10% of it that is done through human curation, where we have trained people to look to make sure that every story that we send is absolutely 100% brand safe for Home Depot in this example. It's, okay. uh, it's a complicated process, but to the partner and to the user, it's really simple. It's how do you deliver value? How do you deliver for them something that they really want? And that, that's what we do. But uh, the, these marketers, are they, I mean, are you putting this hyperlink on a blog, for example, because what's, uh, I'm not sure if they'd want somebody, you know, to have a link that takes somebody off of their site to another mm -hmm. site. Right. Well, I, uh, I think I would put it to you this way is if you, as a marketer, if you believe that that reader is reading your blog post because they are so passionately in love with everything Rami has to say about this topic. And look, I've, I've been on your site. It's good. <laughs> but right. if you believe that people only care about what you put pen to paper on, then this isn't for you. But if you believe that that person, if that person were to give you their personal information, a way to contact them, zero party data, essentially, um, because you know exactly what they want, and you could deliver them related materials from around the web, would that person be more likely to move down your sales phone? What I would say for Home Depot in the example that we gave before is that if Home Depot, if someone read that blog post about how to um, remodel your kitchen, mm -hmm. they read it once and they're thinking about remodeling their kitchen, but then the relationship with Home Depot is gone. What I suggest is that we could set up a weekly correspondence with that digital hand raiser 
and send them related materials of giving them ideas about how to remodel their kitchen or uh, best technology for the kitchen or whatever the case might be, because those things really groom that user into becoming someone who says, you know what, it's time to do the kitchen. And when they do that, they'll be getting a series of weekly emails that say, hey, Home Depot is your place to go. They're providing a service, but by doing that, they're, uh, they're gaining the trust of that user to reinforce, be reinforced with that brand. Does that make sense? It makes sense for sure. Um, so can I summarize to say that <laughs> for the marketer, the, the, the end goal is to drive traffic to them? Yes, it, it's absolutely to drive traffic to them and to get people engaged with their brand. Okay, got it. Um, I just want to confirm, uh, when did you launch, well, I, I know you've done a pivot, but is it mm -hmm. fair to say that this is like an extension of AlertMe? It is absolutely uh, an extension of AlertMe. It's a separate company. It's a whole new endeavor. But what we learned with, with AlertMe was if you can deliver value to a user, to somebody who opted in and said, here's something you care about. And here's new information that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. They'll open it. And okay. that is gold to a marketer because otherwise you're, you're, I mean, are you really, you know, anybody who's putting too much of their future on, boy, I hope somebody clicks on my banner ad. It's just not the way to get people down the funnel. Look, I, I know, you know, digital advertising is a multi-billion dollar business, but I, I don't know if I've ever clicked on a, on a banner ad on purpose. Um, sure. This is a way that you can truly get your hooks into someone who is a really valid customer who has opted in, which matters because this isn't a, well, somebody like that. So maybe they'll like this. There's no guessing here. It's somebody who, uh, who, who said, give me more, help me, please keep marketing to me. And here's exactly what I care about. Um, and maybe, maybe there's a chance to do some business. Okay. Got it. So alert me, you launched that in 2015. When, when did the pivot happen to opt-in media? Uh, I, I started working this uh, probably about three or four months ago. Um, oh, we, okay. are in the mid, we, we are about to uh, extend, you know, we're, we're about to uh, launch with our first paid clients. Uh, mm -hmm. Frankly, knowing uh, today's date, it'll, it, it could be by this weekend um, okay. that we're alive in the market. Um, Alert Me itself is in the process of shutting down. Okay. And what, what does the revenue model look like for opt-in media? How, I mean, how are you charging your clients? Sure. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a, um, it's, a mar it's a model that is built on success. And the way I say that is when a partner um, is able to give us a, you know, some kind of a setup fee and, and something to be able to make the machine work. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's where we start. But then beyond that, it's based on, um, on success because ultimately if you look, every marketer knows to the penny, what a new highly engaged email address is worth to them. Um, think about a, you know, and, and for the areas uh, or the, the categories that drive tremendous, you know, numbers in, you know, on Google AdWords, you know, can you imagine what somebody who's interested in buying a Porsche would be worth <laughs> exactly. or, you know, an insurance policy. So um, what we do is we say, look, let's, let's do a flat fee and then let's for the setup. And then 
let us succeed when you succeed and make it so that you want to spread the gospel everywhere to get as many people signed up as possible because, uh, and, and just give us a revenue share based on the registrations. Okay. But success in this case, the metric is number of emails that sign up or traffic. Correct. It's number of emails that sign up. It's number of uh, th those who are interested in continuing the conversation with that marketer. Okay. And you just put like a flat rate per email address? Yes. Okay. The Got goal it. is and to be as simple as possible and to make it so that the only time that they're paying me, you know, outside of the initial is when they're getting value. Got it. Uh, do you think at any point, I mean, at least from when I look at it, this could easily be fully SaaS based at some point? Oh, you are. Do you see that? You are preaching my gospel, Rami. Uh, um, <laughs> yes, I, uh, I absolutely. Um, our back end has the ability to make it so that, um, you know, the, the same example that I used for Home Depot is there a reason that all American hardware uh, around the corner from my house, um, who's terrific, by the way, love them. Uh, um, but uh, could they do the same kind of build your own newsletter for their customers about the topics that people walk in the door for? You know, how to, uh, how to redo your backyard or how to, you know, painting your house to, you know, they could go into a dashboard and for a hundred dollars a month, they could click, you know, 10, 20, frankly, up to 3 million publishers that they want to extract stories from. They could put in the exact topics that they want to do. And again, this isn't a keyword matching game, um, but instead it's it's AI. And they right. could put their branding on that correspondence. I do think that that SaaS uh, uh, potential is there. Sure. I mean, I, I'm sure that once you are live in the market and you start getting more information, you'll be able to convert this pretty quickly, I think. I, your lips to God's ears, Ronnie. My kids want to go to college. <laughs> okay. Um, I wanted to ask about the team size currently. How many people are on your team? Sure. We have, uh, sure, we have uh, a handful of folks, um, almost all of them on the technical side. Um, so I think we have... Uh, four full-time folks working on the technology. So um, developers? Developers. Um, but, you know, really more than developers. Uh, they're, they're spectacular. Um, and then two folks who are working with me on the business side. Uh, we're in the middle of formalizing a few things. Um, but the, the team itself is, is still small. For the most, most part, um, it's being bootstrapped. Um, okay. It's not... Uh, um, you know, alert me wasn't, and uh, I don't have any regrets over the choices we made, but, um, with this, rather than bang my head against the wall forever to try and get some level, this doesn't need a lot of initial cash up front. So because of that, rather than spend all my time trying to get those small amounts of cash, I'm talking to, you know, potential customers. And there are a number of folks who, when I was vetting the idea with them, they said, I really like this. And to the point where, when you're ready to go, can I work with you? And um, 
obviously the answer is yes. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but ultimately, you know, it's being bootstrapped with, um, with those initial paying customers, um, helping to fortify and get us to the point where we have more of the proof of concept out there uh, vibrantly. Okay. And uh, your team, are they remote or in-house? Oh, no, everybody's remote. Is that because of COVID or was it always remote? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's always, it was always remote with, uh, with Alert Me. Um, and we have folks in a number of different places all here based in the U.S., um, but, uh, but we're all working remotely now. Okay. You know, th this has all blossomed in the, in the era of COVID. So if there is an opportunity to all get under a roof, we, we may, but, uh, but I don't see it happening in the near term. And by any chance, are you uh, currently hiring or planning to hire? Not, uh, we are planning to hire once we have some uh, user case studies. Um, we have to know that there's a there there before we do. I want to make sure that the, this isn't, I, this can't be something that's a really good idea and provides useful metrics, but uh, doesn't drive revenue. We're, we're looking at this from revenue right from the output. Um, we're going to, you know, frankly, I'll, um, so once we do, and once we have that as a, uh, as an established, um, benchmark, we'll be doing some hiring. Okay. And do, do you have any idea what positions you'd probably need to hire first? I think um, my expectation is that they will be on the sales side, sales and marketing. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Adam, let's take a quick break to thank our first sponsor. Then we'll get into the economics. Sounds good. Thank you, Rami. Our first sponsor is a company called TopTal. They have a global network to top talent in business, design, and technology that enables companies to scale their teams on demand. TopTal serves thousands of clients, including Fortune 500 companies and innovative startups, delivering expertise and world-class solutions at an unparalleled success rate. With elite freelancers in over 100 countries, TopTal connects a top 3% screen list of the world's top talent with leading companies in days, not weeks. Visit toptal.takingyoutothetop.io. That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot takingyoutothetop.io and get an 80-hour no-risk trial period so you only have to pay if you're satisfied with the work. Get started hiring with TopTal today. Okay, Adam, welcome back. Um, so we know that your company is bootstrapped, but I'm curious, this time around, what, um, what did you learn from Alert Me as to where to spend that initial capital in the company? So what did you spend your first dollars on in opt-in media? Sure. Um, look, I, I'm a big believer in, um, in not opening up on Broadway. Um, we purposely, look, first time with Alert Me, we purposely launched on a few sites that you've probably never heard of. Um, because, you know, God forbid, day one, we're working with the New York Times and we crash and burn. Uh, there were things we learned at the, you know, on our first site. And frankly, the executions on those first sites were phenomenal. They worked perfectly. Everything, the results were terrific. That said, by having the success that we had on those sites, we were able to um, inspire some larger partners 
to work with us. So, you know, the largest publisher in Australia, we worked with all 27 of the Hearst TV stations here in the US. Um, validation matters. And, um, and because of that, um, my, my thought is always to spend, if it's not my time, if it's not my money, it's at least my time on, on relationships, on making sure that those who can use it um, can buy into what we're doing. So in some cases, it's spending a little bit of money on marketing. In some cases, it's, um, but, you know, ultimately, it's talking to folks who could use this and, and frankly, to find out if they'd pay for it. And that's what we've done. Um, that validation that um, I know you and I have talked about offline a little bit, that validation for us came in a very big way in uh, after talking with um, with a group called Sprocket. So, uh, you know, I, I know there are a number of startups who, who listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't recommend Sprocket enough. Uh, so it's a, a collaboration between um, some large media uh, companies that are associated with the National Association of Broadcasters, like Tegna and Hearst TV and Verizon and Univision and others that you might not think of as, you know, as uh, broadcasters like Google, um, you know, so heavy duty folks. Mm-hmm. And what they work with Sprocket on is for Sprocket to find a, um, you know, what they consider to be the hot up and coming startups that can solve problems that those broadcasters have. Um, and I, I had a few conversations with them. They invited Alert Me to join. I was incredibly flattered and, uh, and joined and wound up uh, speaking with, I mentioned Hearst TV before, but we've also worked with NBC Universal and Comcast, a couple of others within that system. Um, because there's nothing more invaluable than having a relationship with C-suite level people at the companies that you're targeting. Um, networking matters. Um, look, you have to be able to back it up. You have to have a, you know, a personality that doesn't make people grind their teeth. Um, but ultimately, if you have a good product, the key is spending your resources on making sure the right people see it. So whether that's, you know, um, using LinkedIn um, and maybe paying for some placement there, uh, whether it's uh, joining a group like Sprocket or at least, you know, in, in, um, uh, expressing interest in Sprocket so that they could interview you for admission. Um, those are the kinds of ways that I think people should spend their resources when they are scarce is just how do you get out there? How do you get people to buy in? And, you know, we, we had a number of partners who got some great success and I think they, uh, they help spread the gospel. And that's really the approach I'm trying to take now with opt-in media is to work with a few, look, we're not working with Home Depot. Um, but my hope is the companies we are working with, um, they're good sized companies. You know, they're not Home Depot, but they're good sized companies. And those stories will be relevant if they can get a 44% open rate. We got a good product here. Sure. Um, shoot, if they get a 10% open rate, we got a good product here because most people are resistant to advertising. This is a way to make it work, and that's the approach I'm trying to take. Okay. Um, so with Alert Me, uh, the customers that you got with Alert Me, how did you get your first customer? The um, through relationships, through people who we knew, who uh, who ran websites. Um, very often, it was t- 
talking to folks who said, you know what? I know a guy who would find this interesting. Um, I'm a huge fan of friend of a friend. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we had a lot of referrals that way. Um, and then we were able to start building our examples. And those examples, again, they, you know, they weren't the New York Times, but they were examples that were relevant, which were able to influence others into our mission statement and be able to do a test, be able to do a trial. And then once you do a test or a trial, you have to be able to back, back it okay. up. I, I should have said non-referred customer. Oh, I see. That, that, um, that's what's more interesting for me to learn about is when you approach getting mm -hmm. that first customer, it's in my, uh, the first non-referred customer, in my opinion, that's the hardest part. And I, I agree with you. And I think part of that is just getting out there and I know you can't shake some hands these days without two layers of gloves on, but, um, but trying to network, trying to connect with folks who, you know, who your product is a solution for their pain. Um, we, uh, you know, not to keep uh, dwelling on Sprocket, but what Sprocket did, look, Sprocket wasn't putting me out there saying, all right, all right who, everybody's going to start using alert me. But what they did was, uh, but by being a part of that group, and you know, which is the same as being a part of your state, uh, your state's marketing, you know, club or something like that. But being a part of that group, I was able to meet people who could move. And at that very first meeting, I met the uh, the digital head of Hearst Television, and the rest was history. Um, if someone wants to, if someone's interested in Sprocket, number one, they should reach out to me. But number two, look for those uh, those clubs, those groups um, in the areas that you are, because look, you never know where you're going to find that client and you just need some cases to be able to get your product off and running. Is there any specific marketing channel that you think you've either approach directly like a social media channel or um, any marketing channel that mm -hmm. you would think is the best to get your, to spread the word? Yes. I, so I am a really big fan and opt-in media, you know, piggybacks on it. I'm a really big fan of branded content of, of, uh, of content marketing, I should say. Okay. With content marketing, you know, the, the value in doing that blog on your website, which for the most part, friends and family and a few other people are going to read, is that you can take that link and you can put it on LinkedIn, you can put it on Twitter, you can put it everywhere. You can call up 10 friends and say, will you please share this with a couple of kind words of, you know, hey, this is really interesting because the more you're out there, the more your, um, your words are going to be seen by others. And as you start to become an expert in this space, um, that will influence people. That will drive folks down your sales funnel. And ultimately, the more people hear of you, um, that's something you can do for free. Um, sure. If you have some cash at disposal, you can get your pieces promoted on LinkedIn. I would strongly recommend LinkedIn over Facebook. Because, um, A, because it's your audience, but, um, but B, it's, look, Facebook's expensive. You know, right. your, your money, but I'm, look, I'm no social media expert. I'm not going to pretend that I am. But, um, but just in general, think of those things you can do to become, to, to be seen as an expert in your field. 
because people want to do business with smart people, with good people. Um, but those, you have to know what you're doing. Again, this is the same, you know, methodology of the business that I'm now building is, um, is to be seen as an expert and deliver value, not deliver a sales pitch. If you just keep delivering a sales pitch, you will get ignored. There's a reason you, Rami, don't pick up the phone every time that it says spam on the screen. Yeah. It's because you're tired of being pitched. But if someone is able to provide something of value and they open the and 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 a customer opens up the door even a little bit, don't all of a sudden start bombarding them with, you know, you should buy from me. Um, <laughs> the same way that a you know a, a news website shouldn't hit you with a subscribe to our newsletter or you know. Uh, subscribe to the paper as soon as you open up their, their homepage. Um, if you can deliver value, uh, you know, and don't sell, I think people really respond to that both in your audience and with your customers. Sure. And what do you think of podcasts as a marketing channel? I, I think they're fabulous. Um, I, you know, it's, it's that same industry expertise that you mm -hmm. want to be able to promote. Um, the challenge with podcasts is there are a billion of them and it's really hard to get discovered. Um, it, you know, it's part of why opt-in media is there is to be able to make it so that when somebody does new content, you make sure that the people who want to see it actually knows it exists with podcasts. It's very much that way. So every time you do one, you got to post it where you can post it and you have to, you know, maybe email, um, uh, some uh, industry associations that, uh, you know, that is made up of people who care about that topic and see if they'll promote it for you. L look, you know, look under every rock because the only way to be able to drive that regular audience is to be continually telling the people who would care that there's new stuff out there. Sure. And, and how important would you say is your website to the success or the growth of opt-in media? Or is it, it too early for that? I think it's too early for that. Um, although uh, I think on our website, we're going to have some very clear examples, you know, basically examples of how it works. So I do think that'll matter. Um, with Alert Me, it wasn't that essential. Word of mouth was the most important thing because the most of the inquiries we got through the website um, was uh, were from people who said, hey, I saw this on that site. Um, I'm curious what you guys do, or can we set up a time to talk, which was sure. always remarkably flattering um, and, uh, and exciting. You know, it's, um, you know, when, when people see it in action and they get value delivered to them and then they say, I'd like to talk to you about it for me, that means we're doing something right. Sure. Absolutely. Um, before we thank our second sponsor, I just wanted to ask about the effect that COVID's had in general on Alert Me and Optin Media. Have you seen sure, anything I, that uh, any major shift in in the business or the model itself because of COVID? Uh, yes. So, first thing is, I think it accelerated um, where we are with Alert Me. Um, we didn't have as much, you know. Look, it it became a much harder time for prospective clients to decide to write a check on something. And, you know, we were already struggling a little bit with it. And, um, you know, again, it wasn't the value. We were delivering tremendous value, but it was how much can they monetize it? And if they couldn't monetize it, we weren't going to be where they were going to spend their hard-earned cash. 
that said, um, what, what I think COVID now does for this next generation is it increases the urgency for it because we are all now much more used to living our lives online. You know, I'm, I'm staring at a screen right now talking to you. And most of us, you know, I, I saw before that uh, I think it was the, the, uh, the rate, the expected rate of cord cutting has, uh, has jumped ahead five years because of the virus that folks who were, you know, that they thought would do it over the next, you know, five years were more, uh, already did it. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but you know what I mean? It's more no, cord cutting. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, understand all, that. yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I'm staring at Twitter all day. Like we're, we're all, we have our head in our phones. Sure. It's a really hard world. If you're a marketer, how do you get through? Nobody watches commercials anymore. You know, it's either streamed or you're using your DVR to jump past it. Um, sure. You know, I always laugh when uh, we watch, uh, my wife loves This Is Us. It's not my favorite, but whatever. I love my wife. Um, <laughs> and in This Is Us, they, uh, they say after the opening segment, we'll be back uh, in one minute. And... I'm always amazed they do that because we watch it on the DVR and we have a jump ahead 30 button. We click it twice and it's right. perfect. <laughs> you know, it's how do you, you know, so how do you break through, you know, and they looked at it like, well, maybe if we're more precise, people won't get up and, you know, go do something else. In this case, I, I think it hurt them. And I would argue that every marketer out there who's trying to get their messaging heard and then not only heard, but actually returned to, it's really hard. Sure. We are a way to break through. They call that the attention economy. How do you get somebody's attention? And that's, that's what we do is we get their attention, but then we keep it. You know, not, not perfectly. We're not a silver bullet. But if you can develop a relationship with a potential customer and move them closer to opening their wallet, then everybody wins. That's what we do. All right. Let's take a quick break to thank the second sponsor. Then we'll wrap up. Our second sponsor is a company called Bluehost. If you have a business idea and simply want to put it out there, you'll need a domain name and a flexible WordPress site that needs to be hosted on a reliable server. Bluehost is your one-stop shop for all things web hosting. From design and marketing services to easy-to-use website builders, they are with you every step of the way. Thanks to their 24-7, 365 days a year live support, which you can get via chat, phone, and email. And any and all questions you have can be answered in no time at all. Bluehost offers unlimited disk space and bandwidth, an easy-to-use control panel, one-click WordPress installs, and more. Visit bluehost.takingyoutothetop.io today. That's B-L-U-E-H-O-S-T dot takingyoutothetop.io and get a free domain name for the first year. And you'll also get free SSL, security certificate, with any of their affordable hosting packages. Start your entrepreneurial journey with Bluehost today. All right, Adam, to wrap up, uh, what's one thing you'd like my audience to take away from this interview and where can people get in touch with you after this interview? Sure. I, to me, it's always a matter of just make sure that you can look at what you're either 
creating as an entrepreneur or trying to sell or market or whatever, think about your audience. Um, when I was in local news, very often we had people in the room who were saying, we should lead with a story that deep down I knew nobody in the real world really cared all that much about, but it just seemed like a news story. Right. You can't, people are going to turn the channel. They don't, they're not necessarily looking to do their homework every day. Um, think in terms, uh, try to see what you're offering through the lens of your customer. Um, the more you sell, um, the less they're going to want to engage. Um, the more you can look like you're looking out for them, like you've got their back, I think the more they're going to want to engage. So try to look at it from their perspective because they're, once you can develop trust and a relationship, there is so much more you can do with it. Absolutely. Oh, and, and, and where, comes, sorry, how to reach me. I'm sorry. I, uh, I, uh, I can't think of two things at once. Um, the best way to reach me is, uh, is either via my email, which is a Shapiro, a S H A P I R O, um, at opt dash in dot media. Um, or, um, my cell is nine one seven. Eight eight zero five two two eight. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter at at Adam J Shapiro on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I would, look, I'd love to chat. Anybody in the audience here? Um, if there's anything I can help you with, I'm certainly happy to. Um, if uh, if uh, if if you'd like me to introduce you to the Sprocket folks, I'm certainly happy to do that. Um, there are some other technologies out there that I think be useful for folks in uh, using some community. I'm honored that you uh, you reached out, Rami, and uh, uh, I look forward to chatting more going forward. Fantastic. Are you ready for the famous five? <laughs> I am, yes. <laughs> All right. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Years ago, I read a book called Contagious, Why Things Catch On by Jonah Berger. Um, I thought it was really interesting. It was, uh, you know, a lot of psychology to it. Um, really made me understand. I, the, the chapter one was about social currency, and I was hooked, where it's the value of knowing something other people don't. Um, I think a lot of the media is kind of built on that. So uh, I, I recommend it. Okay. Uh, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? A recovering news guy. And uh, me, the most challenging CEO job that's out there right now is being done by Joe Biden. Uh, who has to manage the culture of an organization, but also solve problems. Um, I look at Joe Biden as the ultimate CEO right now because there are so many uh, of you know unprecedented challenges that he's got to address, and so I I'm I'm a bit of a news junkie. I spend my time doing that. Okay, number three. What's your favorite online tool for growing your business? Well, I mentioned identified before. Um, I, I do think it's worth looking into. I, I always think of knowledge as power. Um, when you're waiting for uh, a flight and it's delayed, and they don't tell you a time, or they just you know, or it's 10.15 and the expected departure was 10.10 and they haven't said that it's delayed yet. It's infuriating. If people can just be straight with you, 
um, and give you information, that's powerful. And that becomes, they, they become more loyal to your brand. Um, Identified does that. It makes it so I know who I'm talking to. I know things about them that I might not know I know. But yeah, none of them are, you know, uh, none of them are creepy. You know, it's all, you know, uh, readily available data. But if I'm able to know that you know, this, this client would be much more likely to want to play golf one day, and that then that then that client who you know wouldn't um, information matters. So I I do recommend looking into identified AI identified AI identified. Yeah, it's identified A I D E N T I. Okay, there it is. We got it. <laughs> yes, number four. If you could give your twenty-year-old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Well, it would be to enjoy the hair because um, <laughs> it's not going to be much longer. Um, beyond that, I, I, I think it's to always think in terms of business development, not to think of all the ways you can sell yourself out for cash, but always think in terms of business development, no matter where you are. Um, I worked in television newsrooms, you know, for much of the first half of my career. And I used to think about how can I put the best newscast on television? And glad I did. And I was, I was pretty good at it. Um, but there were times where I maybe could have thought of, you know, sponsorable initiatives and things that could help grow our audience and things that we could do beyond just, you know, have our main anchor sit there between six and six thirty. Um, the more you can think of a business to, uh, as a business development person, in addition to what you're doing, whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, the more valuable you're going to be to the pl- folks around you. Sure. Okay. And number five, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I sleep about eight hours, about eight hours a night. I, uh, I, I go to sleep feeling like usually I go to sleep feeling like I've accomplished something during the day. Um, and I really try to make sure that I'm at my best when I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, so eight hours of sleep matters. Um, and I, I really go out of my way to, to make sure that I can get it. Perfect. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I definitely would love to have a follow-up call a year from now just to see where Optin Media, which direction you've gone. I appreciate that. I'm, I, I will certainly keep in touch with you and, and hope we can share it with those who listen. And uh, uh, these are exciting times. And uh, look, it, there's a lot going wrong out there, but uh, there's also a lot going right. Um, stay focused, stay healthy. Um, we're going to get through this and, and be stronger at the other end. Perfect. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Thanks for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of the available podcast platforms so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you have an extra minute, leaving a review would help us grow. 